What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. And we are recording now. We are officially recording the first episode of the podcast. So welcome. And you all get to be a part of that with me. (laughs) It's cool. Um, So what I wanted to speak about today and something I was was actually in the shower this morning. I'm thinking like, what do I really want to say? What's on my heart? And and I was, you know, just kind of going through some things and things have been on my mind this week. And um, I wanted to talk actually about miracles today, about miracles and about creating miracles in our lives and and what that means and and how that's done. There's actually a a process of creating miracles that we all can do. So I want to talk a little bit about what a miracle is, what I mean when I say that. I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, having the heavens open up and angels come, you know, down. Oh, oh, by the way, I see a couple of you um, buying badges. Thank you to those of you who are buying badges. And I see some of you uh, giving shout outs to my wife, uh, Fatima, who just completed her cancer treatment. So Thank you so much uh, to all of you. Um, thank you so much uh, for that. And I definitely um, just, yeah, it's been an emotional journey. It's been a challenging journey, um, but we are officially com- completing it. Actually, just, just to give you an update real quick, I'll, I'll get back to the topic in a moment. Um, but just to give you an update for those of you who have been following the story with my wife and as she's been going through cancer treatment and just that journey and, and how it's unfolded for us. Um she officially had her last treatment uh, on Friday, and this has been a this has been a you know year long journey. Now she just officially had her last treatment, so that is amazing, and and you know we're happy to be uh, have that completed. This afternoon she's going in for a short procedure. It's only like a thirty minute procedure, but she's going to get there's a like a port in her neck where the infusions go in, so she's going to get that port taken out. And that is officially the last thing. So once her port is taken out, um, it, it's over. Like, I, I mean, there's definitely a journey. Like the treatments have definitely taken a toll on her. And, you know, she's got some work to do to, to get back into the health that she was. But the official treatments and procedures and things are over. So we, um, we have made it through and we are officially on the other side of it. So uh, I just want to say that because so many of you have been following the journey and sharing your love with us and sending us messages and sending us all kinds of stuff. And I just want to say, you know, thank you to all the love and prayers that you've sent and just let you know where we are. And like, it's, it's over. It worked. You know, the cancer's gone, by the way. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that, but cancer's gone. It worked and, and it's over. Um, so yeah, yeah. That being said, I want to go back to talking about miracles now. What I want to say about miracles is that we all have this incredible ability to transform a nightmare into a dream, to transform what seems hopeless into hope. 
what seems impossible into possibility, what seems like we're never going to get through it to, you know, I'm through it and I'm empowered. And, you know, uh, so what a miracle really is. And when we hear the word miracle, we often think of large events that, you know, blow our minds or are outside of reality or outside of what we know things to be. And, and I, I do believe that those kinds of things happen. And I do believe those things are related to the kinds of things that I'm talking about right now. But the miracle that I'm going to talk about is not the big larger than life event that, you know, explodes your mind and, and makes everything crazy. <laughs> the miracle that I'm going to talk about here is a subtle internal shift that we all have access to at any point in our life. And when we make it, what the shift really is, is to go from fear to love. We make the shift to go from fear to love, and then everything changes. And we actually have the ability to have the entire world around us transform in an instant by making this simple shift from fear to love. Now, I want to make this really relevant. You know, we're recording the first episode of the Conscious Love Show right now. And those of you who are with me today listening in on this, I know that you're very interested in what's going to allow you to be more empowered, more confident, feel better about yourself and, and you know, be more attractive and more alive in dating and in, and in creating love, right? So I want to keep it on track to that. So what do miracles have to do with creating love? Whether you use this language for it or not, right? So I'm using, I'm using the term miracle right now. And this, uh, some of you may know this about me. I've been studying A Course in Miracles for many years. And so I'm using the language that comes from that program, that curriculum. And, and what, what this program talks about is our ability to shift our perspective of life from a thought system of fear to a thought system of love. And so... Whether or not you use that language for it, or whether or not you call it a miracle, or whether or not you recognize that what you're actually doing is working miracles, the ability to move your thought system from fear to love, and the ability to acknowledge the fear that's within you, release it, forgive it, let it go, and have it be replaced by the love that is also within you, your ability to do that is essential to creating love in your life. Because let's talk about what manifesting a partnership really is. Okay, so those of you who are here right now with me today, you wanna learn how to manifest a partnership. Well, let's talk about what that process actually is. Manifesting a partnership is not, let me go out there and find somebody who's gonna make me happy and make me feel good and make me think I'm beautiful and, and make me feel good about myself all the time and tell me nice things and take me out to nice places. And, you know, that is not manifesting a relationship. Okay. Those might be some of the things that you do or things that would happen in a relationship, but that is not what manifesting a relationship is about. It's not about going out and finding anything. Actually, the, the thing is, and you know, some people believe this and some people don't, but it's the way it is, is love finds you. You actually can't find love or you can't find a relationship. I mean, let me rephrase that. You can find a relationship. 
you of your own power, your own will, going out there, grinding it out, you can find a relationship. You just can't find the relationship that way. I want to make a distinction here. The relationship, the love of your life will find you. You can't find that. You can go out and try to find it and you can find this person and that person and the other person and you can get led down this road and that road and the other road of all your hopes and dreams and and have it all come crashing down. And you can do that over and over and over and over and over again. You can do that, but you can't find the one. The one's going to find you. And, And I don't necessarily think there is a the one, by the way. But the one that you're going to spend your life with, the one that you're going to be with, the one that is that true reflection of love for you, that one's going to find you. You're not going to find that. Okay, now that that's been said, let's talk about how you be found. How do you be found? What is that process like? What does it take to be found by that person? You've got to learn how to work miracles. And so we're going to talk about it within this framework. Now, remember when I talk about working miracles, I'm talking about moving your view of life, your view of yourself, your view of the world, your view of other people from a thought system based and rooted in fear to a thought system based and rooted in love. Uh, Okay, great question here. I just want to check in with it real quick. Brooke says, is this advice just to women that love is going to find us or is it for guys as well? It's for everyone. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that because that's a great distinction. And I'm not just talking about women. I'm talking about everyone. Okay, this is, this is a spiritual conversation about manifestation right now. I'm not talking about masculine and feminine dynamics. I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about, you know, how to strategize about how to get the person or what to say or what to do. This is not that kind of conversation at this moment. Those kind of conversations are valuable, but that's not what we're talking about right now. What I'm talking about right now is a spiritual conversation about manifestation. Okay, so when I say that your person is not going to be found by you, they're going to find you, that goes for everybody. How, how do you be found? You be found by working miracles. Someone's asking, I see the question right now, what if love doesn't find us? Well, practice what I'm saying right now, learn what I'm saying, and it will. That's what I'm going to say. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But if you want it to, practice and learn what I'm sharing right now, and it will. We each have to recognize the fear that is within us. And the fear that is within us, many of you have heard me talk about the ego before. Okay, so uh, the, the ego is the voice for fear in our mind. The ego is the voice that is always on guard, on alert, aware of anything that might go wrong, any way you might get hurt, aware of any danger, aware of any suspiciousness. And actually, in the ego's view of life, the ego's emotional range, this comes directly from A Course in Miracles, by the way. The Course in Miracles talks in depth about the ego and how it operates. The the Course says that the ego's emotional range ranges from suspiciousness to viciousness. Now, I want you to just imagine for a moment that you had a friend or someone you knew, and their their only emotional capacity ranged from suspiciousness to viciousness. Like, how much time would you want to spend with that person? 
how close of a relationship would you want to have with that person? Like you wouldn't want that. Like that was, that's somebody you would not want to be around you very much or at all. And we've got to first recognize that we have this person living inside of our own minds, directing many of our thoughts, activating many of our emotions, causing us to make decisions out of this, uh, this place of suspiciousness to viciousness. And we all have a strong force inside of us that operates on the spectrum from suspiciousness to viciousness and is directing our thoughts and feelings and choices from that place. And the first thing that each of us have to do is acknowledge that that exists and acknowledge that that is a motivating factor in our lives. And until we can do that, we cannot grow at all. We cannot manifest anything new. We cannot create, other than what's already existing in your life, you can't have anything else until you're willing to make that acknowledgement. Until you're willing to make the acknowledgement that I am, there's, there's a part of me that does not have my best interests at heart. There is a part of me that is trying to create chaos and conflict and war. There's a part of me that wants love, but as soon as I get it, I push it away. There's a part of me that wants love, but as soon as I get it, I make, my, I make it so impossible to love me that I drive the person away. There, there is a part of me that is constantly causing me to seek for happiness but to do it in a way that it can never be found. And this part of me is keeping my life in repetitive cycles that lead nowhere. All right, now if you can acknowledge this part of you, now you can start to be a miracle worker. Now you can start to observe within yourself how this aspect of you creates drama and creates conflict and creates suffering and creates pain and creates disruption everywhere you go and every situation you get in. It will tell you that you need this thing or you need this person or you need to have this thing and you're not enough without it and you're just empty without it and you need it, you need it, you need it. And it will have you bend over backwards to go get this thing or this person or this relationship. And then when you finally get it, it will tell you all the reasons why that thing is not good enough and it will have you destroy that thing. This is what the ego does. And if you've done this before, just tap that heart a few times. I just wanna, I just wanna know if you're relating to what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I see, I see some people tapping that heart, okay? So if you've done this before, if you've felt this before, then you know what I'm talking about. And so what we've got to acknowledge is this is not just something that we can poof, make go away. This is a part of us, and I've often talked a lot about how the ego develops in early childhood, why it develops. Um, A Course in Miracles actually takes that conversation to a whole nother level. So I talk about why the ego develops on the human level. Course in Miracles actually talks about why it develops on a spiritual level. 
And that's, that's even a whole other level of the conversation. But I'm not going to get into too much of that right now. But what I want to talk about is that regardless of why it develops, and you know, we, can, we can explore all the different ways it develops and we can learn a lot about that, but we need to acknowledge what we're dealing with here. We need to acknowledge this wounded, hurt, angry, bitter, resentful, frustrated part of ourselves. And, and we, need, we need to acknowledge that that's there and acknowledge how it's been creating our lives and, and how the processes through which it's been managing our lives, the process through which it's been causing us to act out in certain ways. And, and we need to understand what's happening here and observe these patterns. And we need to start to understand how fear is at the root of all of it. And it's really all based very simply in, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get something I want, or I'm going to afraid, or I'm afraid that I'm going to lose something I have. I'm afraid I'm not going to get something I want, or I'm afraid that I'm going to lose something I have. And this motivation of fear, it's, it's funny, we joke about FOMO in our culture. It's like, it's like a big joke. Oh, fear of missing out. I'm always afraid I'm going to miss out on something. It's actually a, a, it's it's actually like a disease, this this FOMO thing, and how addicted we are to always having to jump on the the next thing that we see everybody doing, because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something. I remember, I remember when all my friends were getting into crypto, and and there was such a hype around it, and everyone's investing all their money in crypto, and like I've seen so many people lose so much money in crypto. And I was just like, I was just like, I don't know. This seems a little strange. Let me just, let me just do a little research on it. And, and I, w- I was, I looked at what every, all the experts were saying about it. And they were saying the bubble is over and it's about to burst. And, you know, you could make money in it, but now's not the time. And then and I, I'm not, I don't want to give a lecture on financing right now. That's not, that's not what I'm here to do, but I'm just using this as an example for like how, like I watched all these people around me investing all their money in this thing because they were so afraid they were going to miss out on something. And I watched so many people lose so much money through it. And, and I'm not against crypto or or investing or anything, but, but you know, there's, there's a way of living where we do it consciously and we do it educated and we do it because we're following a sense of like intuitively what's right for us. And, and there are a lot of people who invested in crypto that way and they did, they did really well with it, right? But then there were a lot of people who were just following a hype. And this fear of missing out or this fear of not getting what I want or this fear of losing something I have and how it seeps into every aspect of my life and how it paints the world in darkness. And what ends up happening is I end up isolating and protecting myself. And so instead of talking about finances, let's talk about relationships because that's what we're here to talk about, right? So what happens? Well, something that happens is I'll, I'll speak into I'll speak into something that I, I saw somebody uh, mention earlier. They said, "What if love never finds me? What if love never finds me?" Now, let's just look at this question. And by the way, to the person who posted that, lots of love to you. It's it's a real question and it's on your heart. And and I I don't want to be insensitive in any way to that. 
right? A lot of you are probably sitting out there wondering that same thing. What if love never finds me? So this is a real question. It's a real question that's on a lot of our hearts. And let's, let's look at this question, okay? Now, there are lots and lots of people in the world. Some of them find love and some of them don't. Or maybe I should say better, better way, right? Uh, love finds some of them and love doesn't find others of them. Now, on the surface, it can look very mysterious. On the surface, it can look very, what's going on? It's all random. It's all chaotic. Why does it happen for some people? Why does it not? It can look very random. It can look very chaotic. But then if we look at what's really going on for people, and we look at how they're living and how they're operating, we look at the choices they make, and we look at the underlying motivation for those choices, and we connect the dots between all of this. And, you know, let me put it this way. Like, I've been running programs for years. And when I have people come into a program, like, I just start to point out certain things. I just start to point out, we often do this. We often do this. We often do this. There's not a person in, the, in any one of my programs ever that has been like, you know, oh, I don't do any of those things. No, because we do it. And, and so... The question is, are we bringing awareness to the things that we're doing? Going back to the question of what if love never finds me? How are you living and being and thinking that is causing that to be the conclusion that you would draw about yourself? That would be my first challenge for you, right? What are the messages you are feeding yourself on a daily basis in the media you consume? in the music you listen to, in the, in the people you're around and the conversations they have, in the television you watch? What are the messages you are feeding yourself constantly? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you have a meditation practice? Have you spent any considerable amount of time working to quiet the busy mind and connect to the deeper, more empowered, more grounded parts of yourself? What coaches have you worked with? What programs have you taken to help you learn more about yourself, to help you develop more personally, spiritually, consciously, right? And so, and, and so these are the kinds of questions that I would ask before you start saying, what if love never finds me? I would say, well, what are you doing to position yourself in such a way that love would find you? See, love is an energetic frequency. Love Love is a vibrational frequency. And when that frequency dominates your being, when the love in your being is so encompassing that there is very little room for fear anymore, then your life will reflect that. And if you want a loving, intimate partner, there will, there will be one there. And if you want to have lots of friends and community around you, then that will be there. And if you want to have adventure, and, and then that will be there. Because love is abundance. It all comes from the same place. It, it comes from spirit. It comes from the essence of who we are. And, and our job, really, as a human being, the, the, the human journey is to uncover all the things that are not us, which is ego, which is fear. You see, spirit has no reason to not be afraid. 
If you're connected to the authentic spiritual aspects of who you are, there's no fear in that. So our role is to undo the ego, to undo the parts of us that are addicted to fear, to undo the parts of us that are perpetuating fear. You know, when we go out, so let's let's make it really real now. When we go out on a date and and we come home and we're waiting for that person to message us and, and they don't. And then we start to spiral. And then we start to go, what did I say? What did I do? Why aren't they, why aren't they texting me? What, did I make a fool of myself? Was I ridiculous? Was I, and, and we start to spiral like that. We're spiraling into fear. Who do you think's talking to you? It's the ego. It's the voice for fear in your mind, the voice for fear in your consciousness, the voice that every day of your life is fighting to convince you that you are not enough and you will never be enough and there is not enough of you and you couldn't be enough and and your situation is impossible and your situation is hopeless. It is the part of you that is fighting to convince yourself of that every day, telling you that just because some random person that you went on a date with didn't text you afterwards, that you're not enough. And what most of us do in that moment is we succumb to that. We succumb to the fear. We succumb to the hopelessness. We reinforce all of those limiting beliefs about ourselves. And then the next time we try to date, we're dating on top of that. So you try to go out on another date and it's like, and I'm trying to meet someone, but I'm trying to meet someone new and start a fresh new relationship on top of all this fear of the last person who never texted me and never talked to me again. And on top of all the assessments and assumptions about myself that I'm not enough and that, I, and, and that I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy or someone like that could never want to be with me. And then I'm going out and, and I'm trying to get this person to like me from that place. How could they ever like me when I'm showing up like that? And then we repeat these cycles like we're just banging our head against a wall and then go, why aren't things working out for us? Because you're doing the same thing over and over again, reinforcing the same limiting beliefs about yourself, strengthening the ego's view of who and what you are, strengthening the hopeless picture of your life and your situation and believing it more and more every time. And rather than looking at your internal world and how you're experiencing life and how you're receiving life and how you're interpreting life, you are looking at the external world and just grinding it out, trying to get one more hit of validation, one more hit of comfort, one more hit of approval, one more hit of pick me, like me, want me. And, and it just gets more hopeless and more hopeless and more hopeless and more hopeless and more defeated and more defeated and more defeated. So what we've got to do, and this, this is why I say, going back to where I started, you can't find love. Love finds you when you clear up the stuff inside of you that is not love. When you clear up the fear. So let's go back to this moment a moment that probably a lot of you relate to just um, if you relate to this moment of coming home from a date and sitting there and hoping that that person is going to text you and, and, and they don't, 
and you're just spiraling while you're waiting for that message that doesn't come. If you can relate to that moment, just tap that heart a few times. I just want to know who relates to that. If you've been there before, I've definitely been there. (laughs) Definitely been there. Yeah, I see some people tapping the heart. Okay, okay. So Brooke's asking, how do you clear the fear? So let's go to that moment. That moment right there. How do you clear the fear in that moment? Well, instead of instead of continuing to spiral Instead of continuing to be right about it all, you know, you, you've got to recognize there's an, there's an underlying righteousness in that, in the whole, I'm never going to find love. Nobody's going to want to be with me. I could never be with a person like that. Like how fucking righteous are you? <laughs> Being a little confrontive with that for a reason, because, oh my God, how do you know? How do you know that person could never want to be with you? How do you know that you're not lovable? How do you know? And oh my God, why are you being so fucking righteous about that? Like, let off of it for a minute. Like, just let off of it. Just chill. <laughs> you know, like, what if that person who's not texting you right now is just not texting you? Because maybe somebody told them at some point in their life that you don't text someone for three days after a date or, you're, or you'll look desperate. And like this is, the, this is the part where you've got to recognize what's happening and want to do something different about it. You see, if you could just let it go, if you could just let it go, there, the, there's the uh, there's the emotional experience, okay, of fear, where maybe you think, I hope that person texts me, and then the immediate thought after that is, what if they don't? And then, so there's the emotional experience of fear that might come up in that moment. But then what we do is we start to tell ourselves a story on top of it, right? So there's the, I hope they text me. What if they don't? (gasps) Fear. And then we start to tell ourselves a story. Well, this is just going to be like the last person who didn't text you. And you know what? No one ever texts you because you're really not pretty enough or you're really not attractive enough or you're really not smart enough. And, you know, if you were just a little more like that person, you know, next time you go on a date, maybe you should be more like that person and maybe people will like you more. Or, you know, if you, if you just, you talk too much, you should have asked more questions. You should have just been more interested in them. God, why do you always got to talk so much? And, and we start telling ourselves a story. And the story is the attempt to overcompensate for the fear. And if you could just let the fear pass without going into that story, without being so righteous about all your limiting beliefs, without digging your heels in and going, see, I told you so. I told you you weren't enough. And here's the proof. See, Shane, I told you that you suck. I told you you're ugly. I told you nobody wants you. I told you you're not lovable. And here's the proof. Because if you were, that person would have texted you. And here's the proof. And I knew it all along. And this seals the deal. If you were willing to not do that, 
And you were willing to just say, all right, Shane, I see that you're afraid. I get it, but you're enough. Maybe you wrap yourself up in a big hug. Say, I love you, Shane. It's okay. If this person texts you, if they don't, it's okay. You're good no matter what. You're good no matter what. I love you. We're going to get through this. We're going to be okay. We got this. We're amazing. We're attractive. We're awesome. We're smart. If this person doesn't love us, somebody's going to. If this person doesn't see our value, they're not the right one because they clearly don't get it. Like, what if you just did that instead? And then what would happen to the fear? It would dissipate. It would dissolve. But we don't do that. We just keep grinding out the fear. We just keep grinding it out. And then we look for all the other reasons we need to be afraid, right? And then, oh, oh you know, you're, you're almost 40. <laughs> oh, you're running out of time now. I mean, if, if it doesn't work out with this person, I mean, it's probably not going to happen at all. And then, you know, oh, and like your sister, she got married 10 years ago. Like, what's wrong with you? Why, you know, she didn't have the same kind of problems you have. Why do you have these kinds of problems, right? I mean, like, think about it. This is what we do. And then we wonder why we're so afraid. And we wonder why it's so hard. And this is why we need to be miracle workers. We need to take that moment of fear and turn it into love. Instead of grinding out the part of us that is committed to fear and just grinding it out to the nth degree until we're exhausted, until we hate ourselves. Instead of grinding it out, we just got to stop. Just let it go. Just let it pass and love ourselves through it. And then as we, as we let that pass, as we let it go, as we let go of this commitment to be so goddamn right about everything that we believe is wrong with us, as we can just like loosen our grip on that and let that go, the fear passes and what we find is underneath it is love. Love is the foundation of the universe. People say God is love, so this is what they mean. Love is what we come from. It's what we return to. It's, it's when everything else passes, love it's, is what's left. So if you can let the fear pass without getting wrapped into that fearful story and just grinding it out until you're exhausted and beaten down and broken and let it pass, you'll find that the love is what's underneath it. And as you go more and more deeply into that love and as every wave of fear comes, it passes and you, and you surrender more and more deeply into that love. And you get good at this because you practice it and you start to have a very low tolerance for suffering. Whereas before in your life, you know, maybe months, years ago, you would have suffered, you know, for weeks and days and just been on it and not let it go and just, you know, but, but your, your tolerance for suffering starts to get really low, especially once you realize how unnecessary it is. And when I say it's unnecessary, it's an important distinction here. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen or that it's not valid when it's happening. But it's not necessary, meaning we don't have to create it. Once we've created it, we have to deal with it. This is an important distinction because you should not judge yourself for your suffering. 
So once you've created it, you need to deal with it. You need to have compassion for yourself. You need to be patient with yourself. You need to let it process. You need to let it move. But then another level is recognizing that it doesn't really need to be created in the first place. And once you understand that it doesn't need to be created, that suffering is actually something we make up and it's optional, that it doesn't actually have to happen. When you see yourself doing it, you start to have a really low tolerance for it. So you start to be faster and faster about letting it go and going and surrendering back into the love that's inside of you. And the more, the, the stronger your connection to the love that's inside of you is, the more quickly you'll be to just surrender into it. So when the fear comes up, you see it, you observe it, you breathe into it, you let it pass, and then you surrender into the love. And you love yourself. You, like I said, you wrap yourself up in a big old hug and you, you know, talk yourself through it. And, and you, you know, you give yourself the love that you wish somebody else would give you. We're so, so wanting love from everyone else and then we never even give it to ourselves. It's the craziest thing. As you develop a deep relationship with the love that's inside of you, as you develop a practice and a habit of letting the fear pass and you loosen your grip on this commitment to be so right about everything you believe is wrong with you, miracles become very natural because the fear comes up and it's almost immediately transformed into love. And like, let me say, you know, I, I, so I want to share this because I've been working on this for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I started studying A Course in Miracles a decade ago. I, I, I mean, I've, it's, it's been like my Bible. It's been, you know, the thing I read daily and um, it's, it's been, you know, a lot in my life. And I thought I was really good at this, you know, things would come up and I would just whoosh and find the positive perspective and connect to that. And, you know, I remember even when our wedding got canceled and I was like, it's okay, here's an opportunity for something else. And then we eloped to Montana and we had this amazing like little wedding in the mountains with our friends. And I was like, this is the wedding we're supposed to have. And like, I didn't even really have any negative emotion around our wedding getting canceled. And, and so, you know, I thought I had gotten so good at working miracles and then my wife got diagnosed with cancer. And I was just sharing earlier today about, you know, she, we've come full circle now, right? We completed the journey. Um, she just had her last treatment on Friday. And, uh, and so she was diagnosed with cancer. And I had fear and suffering and pain and regret. And I mean, just every guilt and shame. And I mean, every negative emotion you can experience. And it was heavy and it weighed on me for months. And I was having like days where I was having crippling anxiety. And, and what I, what I think happened in, in this journey that with my wife being diagnosed with cancer was that it took me to another level of depth. There was uh, and I can see it now, there, there was almost a level of like toxic positivity where I had just gotten so good at reframing things and so good at seeing the positive perspective and so good at just, you know, right through things that I, you know, in a, in a way I needed something that would break me so I could find that deeper place in myself. And, um, and, and I'll say the healing that came by, you know, going into the fear that I hadn't even acknowledged was there. And I think, you know, conversations of life and death can bring stuff up in a way that other things in life don't necessarily bring up the same way. 
And, um, you know, it took me to a level that I hadn't gone to before. And so I, I say all this to say that, you know, I got to, I got to take my miracle working to a whole other level in that, right? I got to work miracles on some really, really heavy stuff on some really, really intense stuff. And, um, and, and the freedom that came from that has been incredible. You know, I, I feel a new level of freedom in my life today. But, you know, I, I want to say this too, because this can happen. And, you know, some of you may have been through life and death, cancer, things like this. I, you know, lots of love to anybody who's been through or going through anything like that. And Eckhart Tolle, I've heard him speak a lot about this. He's a great mindfulness teacher. And um, he speaks a lot about how when we go through a life challenge like that, we really have two options. It can destroy our egos or it can strengthen them. And I had a client of mine whose father uh, was diagnosed with cancer recently, and she was sharing with me how he's just becoming more bitter and more just all of his stuff that, you know, that he's had all these years that maybe caused the cancer in the first place. It's just all strengthening and he's just digging his heels in with it. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to say with all of our challenges in life and those of you who are actively dating right now, like those of you who are actively in the journey to find love and the journey to manifest love and the journey to attract your partner, right? Like those of you who are on that journey right now, like this is a powerful, powerful process of growth for you. It's a powerful, powerful process for you to deal with the parts of and confront the parts of yourself that you do not believe are lovable that you do not believe are enough, that you do not believe somebody could want, that you do not believe, you know, this is your opportunity to confront everything in you that is not loving towards yourself and everyone else in life and start to let that go. And, and what I found with dating, and this is my experience of it, this is my experience and, you know, I'm dating coach. I, I coach people every day on this stuff. And my experience is that it really, the journey from a spiritual perspective, from a, from a personal growth perspective, the journey to manifest love is a journey in recognizing your own worth. And it's uniquely set up in that it challenges every part of you that you do not believe is worthy. It challenges every part of you that you do not believe is lovable. It challenges every part of you that you do not believe is enough in one of the most real, visceral ways possible. I mean, like if, if you want to talk about a lesson in understanding your own worth and value, I do not think there is a better way to learn that lesson than to manifest love. And, and I don't, and by that, I don't mean by finding a partner. I mean, by doing everything you've got to do in, on the way to finding a partner, you know, by going on those dates and having, getting your hopes up and having it not work out and, and having to be with those feelings and then having to try again. And, and like all of the stuff that comes up, like this is your opportunity to confront all the parts of yourself that you're afraid of and to work miracles with it and to turn all those parts of fear within yourself into love. And 
going back to where I started, the journey to love is just that. The journey to love is a journey of working miracles. It's a journey of finding all the parts of fear within yourself, releasing that and letting love replace it. And when you get to a certain place in that journey, it's very natural. I don't want to say it happens every time in the same way for the same people. You know, it's, you know, our journeys are all unique. But when you get to a certain place in that journey where you really feel lovable, you really feel worthy, you really feel deserving, you really feel, you know, when you really get to that place, it's very, very natural to have a partner join you on your path. And for the two of you to move forward and do the work together from that place. It's a very natural thing that happens for almost everybody at a certain point in the journey. And so, you know, my, my challenge and my, in, my invitation for all of you is be to learn, to learn to work miracles. Learn to identify those aspects of fear within your own mind, within your own heart, those parts of yourself that you do not believe you're enough. Be willing to let go of your stronghold on that. Like I said, be willing to not be so goddamn right about how you're not enough. Be willing to just loosen your grip on that a little bit. Let it go. Let it pass. Connect to the love that's inside of you and let that fill all those places. And practice that. Make that your primary commitment in life. And then see what happens in terms of having love show up for you. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.